On today's episode of Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak, we discuss the Chicago Blackhawks, recent moves via free agency, and the recent trade of Marion Hossa's contract and Vinny Hinestroza to the Arizona Coyotes. Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak starts right now. Check with Klimchak and Klimchak. I'm Ryan Klimchak. As always, he is Jake Klimchak. And let's just dive right into it, Jake. Uh, I think I teased a little bit on the last episode that we would talk about Blackhawks, uh, the moves the Blackhawks have made in free agency uh, later last week. But we didn't put out an episode, so I figured we'd just do that right now. And it works out because of the timing of the Hinestroza trade and the Hosa trade. Uh, the latest news that came from the Chicago Blackhawks. So let's just start on that. What are your initial thoughts on seeing that move? Hosa, Hinestroza, and Osterley, I believe a third-round pick to Arizona really to clear up uh, a lot of contract space and a lot of cap space. It's not really for much. They got, I mean, they got a decent amount of players, but there's not a whole lot of upside to a lot of those players. Well, Marcus, bringing back Marcus Kruger, I feel like, is a, a pretty solid addition to any team. Because I think he's a good player. I, like, I don't think he's going to be as productive in Arizona as he has been in Chicago. Like That's just what happens. But when you put him on a team like the Blackhawks, with all their other young forwards, I think he's a good player. And he's proved that. Yeah, he had an injury problem last year that sort of kept him sidelined, and I know he didn't have as good of a year as he thought he would have. Uh, but I think that he still is very reliable on the penalty kill. I know we talked about whether Vegas would take a chance on him because he's – I don't even think Kruger's 30 yet. I'll pull up that right now, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's still in his 20s, 28 – yeah, 28 years old. That's what I thought. And you're talking about a penalty kill that struggled a little last year too. That usually is one of the better ones in the league. A but little. They struggled a little bit last well, now year. Now look at their forwards uh, uh, just on the penalty kill. You have Saad, Taves. I don't know how the lines will be, but just the forward lines. You have Saad and Taves, who even when they're not scoring – I know people said that they had bad years last year. Maybe to their standards, the years they had were a little bit disappointing. And we'll get to the Taves thing later because that's sort of annoying me a little bit with people just saying how terrible he was last year. He really wasn't that bad. And we'll talk about his statistics from last season a little later. But you just look at the penalty killers they have at the forward position now, any of the forward spots. Uh, You have Saad, Taves, and now Kruger back. Those are three very uh, dependable guys on the penalty kill. We at least know that those guys will do that. Even if they're not producing as much as they can offensively, uh, when at even strength or whatever it may be, we know that at the very least they will provide decent penalty killing from any of those forward positions. And I think that you can't go wrong with getting a guy like Kruger back. This move was made purely based on the salary cap. And it, 
I, I, I don't know if you could just say that because Bowman's like, like he does this all the time. It, I feel like bringing guys back. Yeah, like no. we saw it with Lad. We saw it with with some other guys, even when they were successful. Versteeg a few times. Uh, they they tend to bring guys back, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing because I don't know if it's like the best. If it's always the best option, know what I'm saying? No, but this worked out. I mean, it it was sort of a because listen, the main goal of this trade was to get rid of Hosa's contract, and I don't know if people just thought they were just going to be able to just trade Hosa's contract for some players. That wasn't going to happen. The only way to add value to dumping Hosa's contract would be to pair it up with a and bundle it up with a younger player like Hinnestros. A lot of people are upset. Uh, on social media, at least, about Henestrosa being the part, the piece in that deal next to Hosa's. But I don't have a single problem with that. The Hawks were able to keep their core of really the younger guys that thrived last season, Schmaltz and, and uh, Debrinkit. They didn't have to part with any of those guys. That's a win ending of itself. And, and I think that they're going to be fine. And I think I told you this off air too, Ryan. I said that I think that the... Uh that there's a lot of pressure on some of these younger guys because I think fans expect them to be, like, the next coming of uh, Taze and Kane when realistically that's just not going to happen. Like, in Estroza, was he a complete bust? No. But, like, wasn't he supposed to be better? Like, aren't some of these guys supposed to be better than what they've given us? Like, Debrinket probably was pretty unpredictable. Coming into the Hawks, I didn't see this coming from him. Yeah, like there's very few players, and I think that when you when you win the amount of championships that the Hawks have won in the last what six seven years, then I think that you put more you put more pressure on some of these younger guys, and fans expect them to be part of the core when that just might not be the case. It's actually the exact opposite. It's probably more of a revolving door with some of these young guys. Because well, it's shuffled around. Like, remember Brandon Peary, even Ryan Hartman for a time. Pe- fans seemed to think that they were going to be, like, complete superstars. But that's, that just didn't work out. It didn't work out that way. Just looking at Vinny Hinestros' stats, he's young. I get why people are a little upset that they had to trade at least some young guy on the team. But they're trading him to Arizona, too. And they're, trading, they're trading from strengths. If they gave up a young defenseman, then there'd be every reason to be yeah. upset. But they they've always never really had many problems producing young, talented forwards. Because the, the way I look at this roster, the way it's shaping out, at least at, at the moment here, their top six forwards are, are okay, right? Don't you think that's pretty much a lock? I think forwards in general, like, I'm not that worried about it. But goaltending in the blue line, like, that, it bothers me. That's yeah. what kept them out of the postseason And this now year. they have $8.55 million to work with, I think, I with the I still don't know if that's enough, Hosa. though. It's not enough, but it's a start. It's, it's li- more they than they've ever problems. really had the last several seasons, Jake. So I think I think they're going to be... Yeah, but they almost need an elite defenseman, though. I don't think you understand that completely. Like, I don't think... Con- like, Connor Murphy could be a really good player, but he's not nah. going to be what they need him look, to be. Look, it, they need a top four defenseman. They still don't... I'm not ready to say Keith isn't an elite defenseman but yet. No, yet. One bad year. You're right. No, I'm not saying he had a bad year, but he's not going to plug nearly as many ice time. He's only going to get older. Yeah, and that's why I think this move puts you in a position to get a guy, maybe a Justin Falk, if that's who they want to get from Carolina. I don't know, but... He's a little bit older, too. He is, but it's it's still... St- they get a top four defenseman, and I'm fine with it. 
and then I'm fine. But this move, it's not like. Do you really deep no, down believe this move that this? It w- doesn't mean much. Do like, you think that this was just a move? Because I I get the the feeling that a lot of people somehow think that this move was just made just because. Like like there was a reason they made this move. I think in the next maybe week or even if it's a couple weeks from now, we just should be patient and see how this works because. I don't think this is a move you just make to make. There's something else planned here. I don't know if it's a couple guys, maybe cheaper free agents that are still left on the market that you bring in who are a little bit older. That wouldn't be the direction I would necessarily like to see them go in, but is that something they do? I don't know, but it's something. That's my point. Is there something else that's going to happen here after this move? This move sets them up to make another move. I can't say that really any any easier than I just did. It's it's a move that sets up the next move, whether it's getting a free agent or trading for a player with a little bit larger of a contract that they can now afford. It need to be a trade. I don't think you're gonna sign a, a yeah. What you're not gonna sign what you need with the kind of money they have right now and yeah, the restrictions and, that they and, have and the free agents out there exactly. on the market. They're not any good anyway. It's not. At this it's point. gonna be if they want to. Get more solid on the blue line. They're going to need to to do it via trade, I think. I don't think you're going to be able to go out and sign guys unless you start getting rid of other guys, but I don't think that's going to be the case. While we're on the HOSA, that's, that's a good point. While we're on the um, the HOSA trade talk here, just it's it's sort of just, I mean, this is something I think a lot of Hawks fans and a lot of people around the hockey world sort of knew would happen. Hosa's contract being moved. We saw that with Chris Pronger and uh, Broder to, to, to St. Louis. And then Pronger actually there is on yeah. it too. Uh, obviously, Marion Hosa isn't going to play another game in the NHL. That's sort of already been determined. He already sort of said that. Can't officially retire because of cap reasons. Maybe he will be able to now since he's in Arizona and it's not really going to hurt a, a team that's really – comfortably below the salary cap whereas you have the Hawks who are really close every year it seems like until now after they're able to they were able to trade his contract but it's just sort of it it, it all happened so fast Marion Hossa like this is definitely it now and and just just thinking about it I know a lot of talk has been uh going around who do you think is the best free agent signing in Chicago sports history? I know Lester and between Lester and Hosa, really, there's no one else really close to that in terms of bringing a championship to the city. I don't know if I could say Le- like I don't think Lester's really at the same level as Hosa only because he's only pitching every fifth day. I don't like that argument, that type of like I. Lester meant a lot, but I think if he wins one more championship, it'll be a little bit closer. But I don't think you can compare to what Hosa's done right now. Chicago sports history. That's a t- that's tough, though. I think Hosa would probably be at the top of my list. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I think he would, too. Right now, if Lester goes out there, he's having a great year this year. If he goes out there and leads the Cubs to at least one more championship, which yeah. is which I think is very doable. Yeah, but then like, I, I don't think know that if it's closer. I, but like I still think that they could have like they were really good in 2016 the Cubs. Yeah. Obviously. So like I don't know and Lester had a good year but like I don't know if you necessarily needed him as good as the Cubs were. 
And as good as Lester's, I don't know if you like he was the missing piece. Like I don't think it was just him. I and it, same with Hosa too. That's yeah. why like it it's hard because like well, very few athletes in general, outside of maybe like LeBron James and the Michael Jordans of the world, it's I I feel like it's very hard in some of these other sports to to just carry a team on your back as a free agent and you know put it all together that's why i don't know if hosa it's it's probably close but i don't know i'd probably say hosa a little bit before lester yeah it's because if you take away hosa do you think any of these the the thing that helps the hosa argument is that we saw what the hawks did without him this year and without a guy playing like him, I know Saad, hopefully he'll get back to his normal self and play sort of that two-way forward role for the Hawks Yeah, but in at the, the future, time, but. at the time the Hawks signed Hosa, like you could have even argued that they were so up and coming. And look at, look at that whole roster. Did they need Hosa either? Yeah, Maybe that's what I'm saying. They could have won in 2010. Like they could have won their cup in 2010 yeah, without you have him. Bufflin and Lad too. Like, it's, or maybe it's you close. don't get rid of Havlat, and he was probably still in his yeah. prime. So it's it's a close argument. I I sort of like I understand the argument, and I could understand both sides. But I think just out of championships, I'd lean towards Hosa. If Lester gets one more, one or two more, then I'll. I'll start it's to hard. It's hard in Hosa and Lester's case, though, because when you think of the Hawks championships, you're thinking about Taves and Kane mainly, and then for the Cubs, I think the first two players that come to mind are Rizzo and Bryant. Yeah. So like you're kind of like it's kind of almost being the third like the third guy in the city on your on your team. That's why it's kind of hard for these free agents. Like I think there's something about you know drafting guys in your own organization, and I th- I feel like that gives them more of an identity is a team yeah and and real quickly i do want to mention since we haven't really talked about this on air yet uh the three free agents that the hawks were able to sign a couple weeks ago uh they inked chris kunitz cam ward goaltender and then brandon manning uh hopefully a good addition on the uh on the defense there on the blue line We'll we'll see how those work out those are small small deals i think uh, the Manning one was two years. I think the other two were just one-year contracts for Kunitz and Ward. But those are really low-risk deals. Yeah, low-risk, high-reward. Hopefully, you can get uh, some product productivity. Brandon Manning actually had a decent year, though, on Philadelphia's uh, blue line. So, so we'll see how that one works out. He's only 28. Seven goals, 12 assists, and 65 games. His plus-minus was at zero. I mean zero so that's it's not really costing you anything he's, he's a good depth defenseman yeah but that you that they probably have depth defensemen as far as that some of these younger guys oh, yeah. that we've well, talked about but that's not what they need because they have depth they need to make that move like that, after the def- top four yeah. defensemen I feel like it's pretty deep like there's just a whole cluster of guys who could be your fifth or sixth and you can rotate guys yeah. in and out and I'm the word the move they need to make we talked about this is that top four defensemen the move that will uh, push Seabrook at least into one of those fifth or sixth spots because if you have Seabrook playing at limited ice time t- uh, to that extent where he's your fifth or sixth best defenseman on that uh, last defensive pairing then I think that's a pretty good uh, scenario for the Hawks wouldn't you say 
to yeah. have somebody like that not getting too much ice time at his age, but he can be productive as a as a fifth or sixth defenseman on he's that last pair. He's just slowed down yeah. like noticeably, probably more than any of these other Hawks. Yeah. We'll we'll see though. These moves I the Cam Ward one is the one that I'm really interested to see because this will probably push Antoine Forsberg to the minors. I don't think they go. So here's what I think. The whole Corey Crawford situation, the injuries. I know the Blackhawks haven't really given that much information out on the injury. And people, there's just a lot of speculation around Crawford and and what the injury was. Is he really okay? Will he be back? I don't think they sign a goalie like Cam Ward if he's not okay. They're not. They're not. I don't think they're worried. What I think happened this season was I think they got to like what the end of January even early February and you know they kept on mentioning how Crawford was close to returning but then they saw that this was kind of becoming a lost season so what was even the point of throwing Crawford out get there? that but what's the harm in telling uh, people that like I don't know they're a very secretive organization they're like yeah, the Patriots yeah and a lot of good organizations and sports, when you look around, they, they, they don't tend to way. give yeah. out a whole lot. San Antonio Spurs, too. We don't know what's going on with that whole Kawhi thing. So if you're if you're a good organization, I feel like the less you're you, you're inclined to give out like information on injuries and even other stuff like that's in-house true. battles. You but. just look at Cam Ward's age and and uh, Carter Hutton was a name that was tossed around I know uh and linked to the Blackhawks he came up with the Blackhawks at least was in their minor league system in Rockford uh their AHL team I think they would have gone younger if they didn't think Crawford was right they would have signed one of those younger goaltenders or even maybe a reunion with like Scott Darling or something just a little bit younger than Cam Ward or they probably would have even considered putting Crawford on the trade block because I do think that there would have been takers for Corey Crawford Maybe because you're talking about injured, a guy who's hard. probably a top five or top ten goaltender when he's at when he's healthy. Yeah, like he's he's kind of established himself as an elite goalie when he's on the ice. Yeah, you just you look at Cam Ward's statistics with Carolina and in his age at 34 years old. Uh, this is definitely sort of the his career's winding down. There's no doubt about that. But that is the first thought I had when I saw they were interested in Cam Ward and then signed Cam Ward was Corey Crawford's going to be fine and he's going to be your goaltender and he's going to be on the ice uh, opening night. So I'm not really as worried about Crawford as some people still are. I I think that just the fact that they signed Cam Ward is a reason not to be so worried about Corey Crawford. It makes me feel better because I think Corey Crawford is going to be fine. Yeah, there's there's nothing there, I don't think. I think people made more of it than there was. We'll we'll see though how these moves pan out. Hopefully we have a couple more moves for the for the Hawks uh, these next couple weeks and see see if they use that eight point five million dollars in cap space to sort of make more moves so to better their blue line. I had to ask Ryan. I know you talked about this earlier. Are you on the trade Taves bandwagon? No, no. And and I know that's something I I teased a little bit earlier that we wanted to get to here and and that's we'll we'll discuss this now I guess. Uh, statistically I know you're one of them oh Taves was so disappointing last year was he like look at the statistics it's not as bad as people think it is the difference was the team wasn't very good and it was it was just he, he wasn't standing like it's one of those things if if 
the Hawks were doing really good, I don't think we'd be talking about it. But if Taves, the Hawks were doing good, Taves would be doing a lot better. So it's part of the problem. I'm not like I'm not gonna come out here and say that they need to trade Taves. I think that's ridiculous. Okay. But compared to, this. to what we've been seeing from him through years past, even in his down years, like this was kind of this was a little fr- more frustrating. The the year I'm using here while I bring up these statistics is going to be the last time the Hawks won the Stanley Cup, the 2014-2015 season. So just bear with me here for a second. Taves, that year in the 2015 season, he played in 81 games. He scored 28 goals. If we're just, We'll just talk about goal scoring right now. Uh, this past season, the 2017-2018 season, 74 games and 20 goals. He scored less goals... Eight less goals than he did that year that they won that cup. But he also played in a couple less games. So I, I'm not going to freak out for the goal scoring aspect. And then the assist and the points, they're down. But they're not down by as much as people We're think. his numbers in the faceoff his assists, His assists were 38 that year they won the cup in 15. 32 this past year. And then the points, 52 points. That's where you see the decrease there is, is really the point total. The 66 points in 2015, and then 52 points in 2018 here, 2017, 2018. And you mentioned the face-off he, circle. That's what you want to know? He just didn't – he did not look the same this year. Can you at least agree on that? Yeah, I mean, a little, but I, neither did the whole team. This year was just a little bit of a growing pain and a little hiccup. And, and we'll see, hopefully, that they get better. And if these younger guys play the way they did – uh, especially Schmaltz and Debrinket, if they play the way they did this year, this past year, then I'm not really going to be as worried. And and you mentioned the faceoffs. I this was a stat that I this was one of the first things I looked at. His faceoff percentage was actually up from that 2015 season by a very thin margin, 56 percent at the dot in 2015 and 2018, 57 percent at the dot. The decline. Where where is this massive decline? That that people are getting at. I he yes he's declined a little bit, but twenty goals in a season still pretty darn good. It's pretty good, but you expect a lot more from him because he is your sure. he's your guy. Sure. Dabrinkat and Schmaltz are not going to carry the load for the next five years. Well, I don't know where to guys say get they that won't, from. Though. Who's to say they won't? If who's you th- think they're going to be the next Kane and Taves, go ahead. Go keep saying I that. Don't keep spreading that. Dabrinkat are going to be the. It's not. The they Kane need guys like Taves, Saad, and Kane to perform the way they can in the way we're oh, used look. to seeing them perform. I think it was if, a step back for Saad and Taves this year. If there it was, if there it was a small step back. Don't act like it's this massive step back. Oh, they're they look so completely lost and so completely different. I don't get that. I I don't understand that. But I think that if you if you make the blue line better, if Corey Crawford's healthy, I think that the offense productivity, the offensive productivity will be there for your guys again. Taves and Sod. I think it'll be there. They need to fix their blue line issues before Keith starts getting up to yes. that to that yes. point I th- like i think they're fighting like time here almost they are on like their they, blue line realistically if they if they want to compete for these next four years they need to get someone someone elite on the blue line i don't think schmaltz and to it's fair to put the expectations that they'll be this good every year as good as they were last year 
But I do think that they can be very productive players because they came up there right away. Schmaltz, this was his second really full year. He looked good playing that two-way forward type role, even playing center a lot. That looks like his natural spot in the future. So we'll see what they do with Anisimov. But to bring it too, I, I think a lot of people were worried about his size. What was he, like 5'6", 5'7"? And that's really small. But he got up there, and his awareness was surprisingly really good. He just needs to get uh, get rid of those turnovers in that defensive zone, really, or even the offensive zone. Turnovers, uh, however you want to put it, and wherever you commit them, they're not very good. But I'm not freaking out about the forwards and Taves and even Saad as much. Saad especially because he's younger. He's, what, 24? His best days could very well still be ahead of him. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the Hawks' best players next year. I'm willing to go that far. And if you have Saad playing the way we saw Taves used to play, and I think Kane is the most consistent on the team. You know he's going to be there and put up some crazy numbers year in and year out. They're going to be okay. And if Crawford's healthy, that's that's the most important thing. Because if Crawford's healthy, they can just be a playoff team, maybe on that aspect alone. They were in a playoff spot when he got hurt in December last year. Who's to say they wouldn't have been and wouldn't have uh, been able to sneak into the playoffs last year if he's healthy the entire way? He can steal a lot of games, and having a good goaltender is really important. We saw that with Vegas. If you have a good goaltender, it's like having a good quarterback in the National Football League. It's really going to help. It's really going to help. But hopefully we do see a couple more moves. I've said this a billion times. I sound like a broken record. But I I think Hawks fans should just be patient and just sort of let this offseason continue to work. I know it was a while before we saw this sort of big move or big-ish move with Hosta's contract being moved and then trading a player like Inestroza. It was a while for this big sort of trade to happen. But I think there's going to be another one soon. That's the vibe I get. Okay, so this has been Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak. He's Jake Klimchak. I'm Ryan Klimchak. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye, everybody.